Good morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's great to see you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. You're on the fastest growing podcast in America, Get Up With God. And I've got six points for you at 6 a.m. this morning. And I'm going to add one just because a brother that I talked to yesterday doesn't enjoy the word or the number six. So we're going to do six plus one. I'm going to throw another point in there somewhere today. But six points, 6 a.m. this morning. It's going to be great. Today we're discussing revealing Satan's plan for these end times. This is going to be powerful this morning. You don't want to miss this today. We're going to discuss what the enemy is trying to do in the end times globally in America, in people's lives, but specifically with you specifically with me and what he's trying to do to keep us from the blessings and the promises that God has for us. Cause you know, God has a lot for you. You know, you can look in somebody's eyes and tell them that God loves them and he has a plan for their life. And let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to recognize that as something they already know, or they're going to get heartfelt in that very moment. And you're going to see it in their eyes that they needed to hear that. There's a lot of people that need to hear that today, that God loves them. God has a plan for their life. I want to tell you that too. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He wants you to stick to that plan so that he can get to you all the things that he's promised to you because he's promised a lot to us. There's a lot available to us, but let's get into this today. Satan's plans and uh, revealing these plans for what he's going to do in the end times. Point number one, point number one, you know, these points, I, I want you to take some notes. I've got them down for you. I put them up on the screen for you so you can take some notes. But if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You'll see when we go live as well as on my uh, my website. You can go to dylanmaverick.com and you can subscribe to my daily email. And I'll give you a breakdown of the six points that we go over at 6 a.m. So that you can keep them and go back through them for your notes if you want to and study them even a little closer. But I put them uh, available on the screen here so you can um, uh, so you can uh, have them for yourself and study along with me. But point number one is you pick what influences you. You're the one that decides what influences you. The enemy has an influence. This is the number one way that he's going to begin to. I'm going to reveal what his plan is, but this is the number one way that he's going to get his plan into place into people's lives is by influence and you control what influences you there's three mediums that influence us in life there's three ways that we're influenced it's through what we see what we hear and what we meditate on what we see what we hear and what we meditate on this is important to understand when you begin to understand that your eyes and your ears are gates like your eyes if you if you were to think of it like this that this was a uh, it's not this, but if it was like your body was a robot and your spirit was the operator inside that robot, then you would see your eyes as like windows. Your, your eyes are like windows that your spirit is looking out of. And so your body is just a, it's a flesh mechanism that you operate within. It's not who you are. This is what you operate in. And you are a spirit being, you live inside of this and you decide what influences you by these three things, what you hear, what you see with your eyes and what then once you've seen or heard what you begin to meditate on. It's important to understand that you have eye gates. There's, these are access points and your ears are access points. What goes in your ears? It's We have to be careful. You know, if I hear a, a bad language on the television, I try to avoid things with bad language. It's not that I go after things, but it happens if you're on social media, if you're watching television, if you're something comes up, someone might say something uh, that 
is off, you know, nature for what you, how you talk and things like that. But I want to tell you that the, as soon as that thing is said, it enters into the gates, it enters into your ear gates. And those are the three ways that things begin to enter into your life is what you see, what you hear and what you meditate on. That's why it's important to have your Bible. That's why it's important to hear good preaching is because you can lay your eyes on things. You can hear things. And then once you've heard and you've seen now the influence that you've received, you begin, you can begin to meditate on those. Uh, you can sit and dwell on those things. I believe I've got the Greek word for you on meditate. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But meditation is one of the most powerful things. Once something's entered in is because you begin to stew, stew on it. You begin to think about it constantly and it begins to become a part of who you are. And that's what meditation does. And so you choose what influences you. You pick these things. You hear, see, and and choose what sits on you. Point number two. Point number two is meditation happens by proximity. So once you've heard, once you've seen these things, the ability for you to meditate on it happens by your proximity. How close are you to something? When meditation begins to happen in your life, or you, you start to meditate or think constantly on, let's say that instead of meditation, because I don't know about you, but when I say the word meditation, my mind is funny. And sometimes it will go to like sitting on, on the floor, you know, cross-legged Indian style, like when we were a kid and, uh, you know, with your hands up and you know, humming, that's not necessarily the, that is a form of meditation. I don't do that necessarily, but that is a form of meditation. But the meditation I'm referring to is when it's con you're constantly thinking about it and meditation happens by proximity. The closer you are to something, the more likely it is that you're going to receive from that thing and you're going to start to think about it. So what are we talking? What's the topic here? Revealing Satan's plans for the end times, revealing, exposing these plans. That's the objective is to shed light on darkness. That's the goal of the Christian world. That's the goal of Jesus when he gave us power and he gave us authority when he left is to shed light on darkness. Keep darkness exposed. Don't allow things to be hidden inside of darkness so that our light can shine on it and it can no longer be hidden. That's how you get rid of sin. That's how you get things out of your life that you don't want in your life anymore is you expose it. You expose it so that it's not hidden anymore. And this is what we're doing with Satan's plan. And I wanted to tell you those two things, point number one and point number two, because this is how he's going to get it. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but in second Timothy and first Timothy, but second Timothy, we're going to refer to here in just a second, the enemy will begin to plant things in the minds of people to deceive them and pull them off track. He's not going to come with some major attack physically. Uh, there's not going to be an attack. The Bible tells us that in the end times that the key ingredient to the enemy's plan being put forth in the world is deceiving people, putting information in front of them that gets them off centered from what the reality of truth is, putting them false truths in front of them, putting in front of them the reality of what just life is and what they think just life is to get them not thinking and meditating on heaven, but getting them thinking and meditating on the things of this life, making that the priority making that the thing that everything is geared towards in your life, this life, this everything that's here. It's not just, this is plays a big element in our lives, clearly. I mean, we live in it every day, 
But there's so much more to life than you just living life. You just paying bills. You just making it through healthy, making sure you're fit and healthy, making sure that all the bills are paid, making sure that your kids go to the best schools. All those are wonderful things and are a byproduct of living a blessed life from God, but should not be taken as the priority. And what the enemy will do, they should not be put in first place. And what the enemy will do is he'll begin to plant seeds in your life. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12, chapter 13 with me. He'll begin to plant things in your life that get you off-centered, that get you out of the plan and the will of God, even though it seems like it's part of God's plan for your life. He will deceive you. He will trick you. So it's so important to have the word inside of you so you can decipher between a trick and God's plan, a curse and the blessing, the truth between the two, because sometimes he can mix the two. Point number three. Point number three, I want you to to write this down, is Abraham. We're going to to Genesis 13 here. Abraham tells Lot something, not God. Abraham was not the God of Lot. I want you to remember that. Who spoke to Abraham in the wilderness? God did. Who called Abraham from his family to go to a land that he would show him? God did. Who told Lot to separate from Abraham to take his own place? not God. Let's look here. This is an important important point to write down that make sure it's God speaking to you, not a voice that you're hearing through the eyes and ears gate. Make sure it lines up with God's word when he speaks to you. So listen to this. Watch this now. Genesis 13. Let's go to verse, let's go to verse eight. So Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife between me and you, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is it not the whole land before you? Please separate from me, and if you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, then I will go to the left. So now all of a sudden, Abraham takes upon himself. Now Abraham's, there was righteousness given to Abraham because of his faithfulness to God. So I don't want to diminish Abraham. I'm not making Abraham out to be a bad guy. But in the attempt to be right, in the attempt to do things the right way and to avoid strife, Abraham's approach is send Lot away. But he didn't ask God what direction to take. God may have said, hey, tell Lot to figure himself out. I told you to go. He went with you. Go back a couple verses into uh, like verse four. It says to the place, the altar, which made there first. And Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Verse five, Lot also who went with Abraham had flocks, herds, and tents. So God didn't speak to Lot. Anything that we have record of didn't tell Lot uh, to go find the wilderness. He may have told him to follow Abraham. We all we have record of is that Lot went with Abraham, but God now didn't speak to Lot and tell him to go off. But what happens to paraphrase this lot hears, listen to this now and lot lift. So, so Abraham speaks to lot and says, lot go. I want you to separate from me. How do we know that God's plan for that situation wasn't for lot to just suck it up and stop being a, you know, a nudge to Abraham. Hey, quit it. Lot, knock it off, suck it up. Travel with Abram. I don't care how much you have. Do what you got to do to stick with Abram. That's your man. That's who I put you with. We don't know, but Abram took it upon himself. Lot took it upon himself to listen to Abram and listen what happens. So Abram says to Lot, that's the first gate. Abram here, Lot hears from Abram. 
speaking in his, in, his, in his ear. He hears the first thing. Then what happens? Jump down to verse 10. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. There it is. Very clear. He's now heard. I want you to separate from me. So now that that's entered his ear. Then he sees, he sees the land and all of a sudden it looks beautiful to him. All that land looks beautiful and luscious. Lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed the, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Interesting how that's placed in there. It all looked beautiful before it was destroyed. It all looked nice before it was destroyed. This is one of the plans that the enemy has. It's not that Abraham was being used by the enemy, but this is how the enemy will get into people's life. A good man could speak a word to somebody and that person not take it to God and that person be off kilter for life. You know, not nobody is perfect on this planet. So someone could speak to someone, but this is just an example that once you hear, once you see, now you begin to think about it. Abraham spoke to Lot. He heard Lot saw. Now he's looking around. The only reason he was looking was because he heard. So this is what the enemy is going to do. This is the approach that the enemy is going to use in your and my life to get us off centered in our life. Not that he's going to use good, always use good people. It may not be just good people. He's going to use any attempt that he can to move you off the plan that God has for his life, especially in these end times. Point number four, I want you to listen to this. Point number four, Satan's plan is to place something in your life visibly or audibly. That's his plan for you, is to place something in your life visually or audibly that decenters you, that derails you from what God has for you. He'll place something in your life. How do you, so I, I can already hear it now. Well, how do I know if something is right or something is wrong? I'm going to tell you, if it's coming from any other source besides the word of God, and you can't reflect back onto it from the word of God as a blessing or a promise from God, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't be a part of it. If it goes backwards, that's not God. God doesn't go, if it brings up anything from your past to reflect into your past or anything like that, that's not from God. God's plan draws you closer to heaven, gets you closer to the things of heaven. If there's anything that gets placed in your life that would derail your meditation, that's how you can look at these things. What, what am I listening to? What am I watching? And do these things cause me to meditate more on the things of God or less than the things of God? And if the answer to those two questions, what I watch and what I hear, cause me to meditate on less of the things of God, it's not for me. It's going to cause me to get closer to the things of God. You know, so many people get blessed beyond their means. Get, I mean, money goes up, life goes up, availability and time goes up. And now they have so much blessing in their life. They don't even have time to go to church anymore. Do you think that that's God's plan? Well, it's God's plan to bless you. But it wasn't God's plan to keep you out of church. So you got to understand something. The blessing of God makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. But so, so you can't calculate the blessing of God based on just quantity alone. You have to evaluate. Do these things cause me to meditate more on the things of God or less than the things of God? And if my meditation gets less on the things of God, this, this might be an attack of the enemy that I need to watch for. I, he could use good things. Lot being with Abraham was a good thing. But Lot being pulled off track to go to a different place caused, he lost his whole family. He lost his wife. He lost children. He lost a major part of his family and a destruction to his career. He was getting promoted in life 
But it started off with the wrong intention. It started off in the wrong place. He looked to a different place instead of looking to God. This is powerful. This is intentional. And, uh, and, uh, this, this specifically is a word for today. God will promise you things in the word that will come to pass if you'll stick to his plan and don't get caught off by the enemy's plan. But the enemy is subtle. The enemy is deceptive. And it doesn't seem like this big extravagant plan. It's very subtle. It's unnoticeable sometimes. And he tries to do it under the radar so that you don't notice these things. That's how the enemy works. But he's going to try, back to point number four, like we said, he's going to try and place things in your life audibly and visually. Satan will place things audibly and visually in your life so that you can begin to meditate on it. Turn with me into 2 Timothy chapter 4. He will place things in your life audibly and visually so as to cause you to meditate on these things. So the, the answer is not just what you hear and what you see. You can't just focus that, you know, some things are glaringly obvious <laughs> what you hear and what you see. You can tell right out of the gate. But sometimes like this word from Abraham to Lot, I mean, it sounded like a good word. It's going to stop our, it's going to stop our, uh, our fighting. Why wouldn't this be a good thing? What does it cause you to meditate on Lot? Does it cause you to get closer to God or does it cause you to get closer to the world? What does it cause you to meditate on? I need you to focus on these things. So 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Go to, uh, go to verse 3. Paul's writing to Timothy, the pastor of this church. He said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves who? They'll heap up for themselves uh, people that will do it for them. No. People with itching ears heap up for themselves teachers to teach them ear gates to hear things that they think they need to hear. They will heap up for themselves teachers. That's why God, this, I've, this is what I think. I think this is why God doesn't give you the permission to pick your pastor or to pick your mentor. You don't get that choice because you're going to pick someone that's itching your ears. I, that, I, I firmly believe God's going to put someone in your life as a pastor, a mentor figure, someone that can bring you up and rear you in the things of God. One of the fivefold ministry gifts to rear you in the things of God that you may not itch, scratch your itch. This brings me to point number five that may not scratch your itch. Point number five, my job is to control my itchy members. <laughs> my job is to control my itchy members. Not your, not your job, not my pastor's job. It's my job to control my itchy members. And that I'm, I'm firmly believing this, that part of the enemy's plan is to, is, is, during these latter times, these end times, and read through this. Read, it's very short. These are very, very short chapters. Read 2 Timothy 3. Read 2 Timothy 4. This is what's happening. This is the plan of the enemy in the end times, is to deceive people so that they reap for themselves. They find for themselves things that they want to hear, that comfort them, that make them feel good, to scratch their itch because they want to feel good about what they hear. Well, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a firm believer that God doesn't allow you to pick who your pastor is because you're going to find someone that you feel comfortable with, that doesn't push you, that doesn't stretch you, doesn't make you... And here's what I mean by pushing and stretching. You disagree with some of the stuff. 
Well, I don't know about that. But when I'm saying it's doctrinally sound, but you find reasons to, to question it. Eh, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know. That's fine. I love when I feel challenged because if it backs up with the word, that just means there's a part of the word that I'm unlearned in. I'm unlearned in this particular area and I need to be groomed and taught this so I can become an Ephesians Christian raised up to be more perfected like God, to be raised up in the things of God and to be more Jesus-like in my life. That's what our goal is to become. If you go back and read in Ephesians, we are to be reared and and taught how to be more like Jesus with these um, uh, um, with these principles and these pastors and these fivefold ministry gifts that teach us to be who God called us to be. That's what we get raised up to be. So it's my job to control itchy members, to control things that I like. I want to go. I you know I, I want to hear this. I like to see this. this. That's my job to control that, not God's job. Now, he's given me a Holy Spirit to empower me, to strengthen me, to prevent things that that even go beyond my control that I can resist and have power against. You following me on this? God's given me power. He's given me grace to help deal with these things, but it's not an excuse to do it. It's a reason to get out of it so that I can. This is what the enemy will do. He'll get you so numb, so desensitized to a thing that he'll make you feel try to make you feel comfortable within your sin he'll make you feel comfortable within your place of missing god don't get to that place oh god don't get to that place where you're comfortable within a place of missing god this is what the enemy's plan is for your life is to uh keep you in a baby infant state so that you don't mature to who God's called you to be. Point number six, final point, point number six. Be aware of what stays in your mind. Be aware, be conscientious of what stays within your mind. Don't allow just any old, you know, thing just to stay in your mind because you heard it one time or twice and and it's repeatedly being said or it's repeatedly being done in your life. Don't allow these things to stay in your life because they've been there for a long time. You control what you put into your head. You control that. Don't allow things that take you away from the things of God to have place in your life. You have to cut them off. This is the enemy's plan for these end times. It's not some mass war and destruction. That's always happening. Wars, rumors of wars, these things we know, they're constantly happening. We are in the end times. That's indication that we're in the end times. Let me tell you what his plan is for you, is to deceive you and lull you into a state of numbness so that you just feel like, I'm going to heaven. There's nothing I can do to prevent me from making heaven. You don't want to miss tomorrow's episode. If you're watching this live, if you're watching this at another time, go watch to, uh, the next episode, the next broadcast on my channel. It's called Renewed and Redeemed. Uh, this has been weighing heavy. There's a lot of topics that weigh heavy on my on my heart. This one's been weighing heavy on me. This is going to be a powerful topic that we get into tomorrow. And if you're watching this at a different, at a latter time, go watch the renewed and redeemed podcast or listen to it on my Apple podcast channel. It's going to be powerful, but thanks for everybody that watched this morning. This was six points at 6am. Hope this helped you this morning, revealing Satan's plans 
for the end times. Don't get caught in his plan. Stay within the plan of God. I love you. I'm thankful for you. Tune into the next show bright and early. Hope you have a great day today. Great way to start our day is right in the word. Share this with somebody, like the post, and be sure to subscribe on my YouTube channel. Believe for a thousand people by the end of this year, and we're working our way to it. I love you. Be blessed, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.